This episode of Weird is brought to you by Studio Headphones. Try the new Tove earbuds today. With its wireless design, minimalistic charging case, and microphones on both sides, Tove is the perfect match for any adventure. The sophisticated earbuds hold about seven hours of battery life, while the portable case offers additional charges for an astounding six days of standby life. Use the discount code 15WEIRD for 15% off your purchase. That's 15WEIRD. Just go to studio.com, pick out a pair of headphones, or try the toll of earbuds. 15WEIRD. 15WEIRD. Weird. Hello and welcome, Weird News Enthusiast, to Weird. This is the podcast that gives you all the news that you can use to blow a fuse, and it's all true. My name's Aaron. And my name is Craig, and we're going to be your host tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to the strange news spectacular we called Weird. Make sure you stick around for the big story tonight as we continue to try to get ourselves suicided. Talking about the Clinton body count coming up a little bit later, but right now it's time for our top story. Story. Police say a man's truck was stolen while he was robbing a store across the street, Aaron. Yeah, Craig, but you forgot that very first line. That's so important. I'm, you are right. And I, I actually put this line in it, it, it. Our good friend Scott Rutledge. Yes. I'm good a, friend I'm of the show. For years. It's a good, good, good friend uh, of the show. Uh, Scott Rutledge. Uh, and I think, think I want to thank you, Aaron. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great song, by the way. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah. <clears throat> no, thank you for uh, You're stepping welcome. up and, and defending Scott's honor. Yes, that absolutely. Anyway, police say a man's truck was stolen while he was uh, robbing a store across the street. This <laughs> happened in Washington. Karma mudge? Yeah, really. Uh, a man experienced instant karma over the weekend when his pickup was stolen while he was robbing the business across the street. The incident unfolded. It was folded up into a little envelope. Oh, it was like a big, 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 big. It yeah. unfolded. It was unfolded around 6 a.m., Sunday when the Kennewick Washington police I said Washington I didn't say Washington Washington <laughs> what Washington, difference does it make we knew what you were Washington, talking Washington 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 washing something Washington. you know what I'm saying Washington uh, Washington uh, police responded to the reports of the vehicle theft the vehicle's owner told officers someone had stolen his red 1992 Chevrolet pickup the please owner, tell me he was holding a bag of cash or something while he was talking to the police why is that well, he just robbed a place. Well, he did. I, yeah. hope, I hope he had like he was handing cash out. I, I wish that it had like one of those die bombs in it, and he's talking to the police. And poof, this blue. Uh, well, this was the owner. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he he had the. Would be funny if he got all over the police's blue uniform. Yeah. Would you see it? No. Yes, you would because it's a weird blue. How would you know? I've seen movies. How? Oh, I saw Raisin Arizona. Thank that, you very much. Yes. Wanna, do those balloons they blow up into funny shapes? <laughs> Well, not unless round is funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, so he said, he told the police this. He said the owner had left the keys behind on the seat and the thief drove off with the truck. But the, after surveillance video was reviewed, police discovered that the reason the pickup owner had left his truck was because he was off stealing items from a business across the street. Oh, it wasn't cash. It was stuff. Just stuff. Yeah. The pickup owner was then booked in the Benton County Jail. The old pokey. A, yep. On a warrant. <laughs> 
and, uh, the big house the gray bar motel yeah yeah uh old stony lonesome <laughs> i've run out of them i don't know the clink the clink <laughs> the slammer the lockup he uh he was uh, in jail now on a warrant and with uh, a new burglary bur- charge. Burglary. His pickup is still missing, by the way. Huh. Did he get the stuff or did they, they make him give up? I don't think it matters at this point. He's got bigger issues going on. <laughs> well, I'm sure what he took probably wasn't worth as much as his truck. Probably not. That wasn't a super weird story. That was a super stupid person story. Oh, I got a stupid criminal. Wait a second. We didn't play this. No, it does. Listen. Hashtag stupid criminal. Okay. Golly, why don't I... I didn't... Anyway. Okay, we'll go from that um, to here. In Florida, I went now, before you start, yeah. I want to draw your attention to the top line. That's I most see Im- it. That's the most I'm not the one that, that ignores our contributing well, friends. Got, my eyes are still healing, okay? I'm, okay. Trying to, I'm trying to see stuff. Hey, I'm not saying, I'm not pointing blame. I'm just saying this story submitted by Mark Patch, super friend of the show. Mark Mad Dog Patch. Headline is... What is that noise? What noise? Oh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Headline is... You know what? That happens sometimes when... Uh, when there's too many people in the Leeberry Studios. Oh, yeah. We can't crank out enough. By the way, speaking of Leeberry Studios, first of all, Craig, mm-hmm. you and I both know that they need a website. Yeah. But Mr. Barry, before he passed. He was adamantly against it. And I don't know why. <laughs> he, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> he acted like it was going to take away from the history or if we bring something. But anyway, the new staff, well, not not the new staff, but the staff that's the new ownership since he passed, he left it to, you know, Front, front Drama and all those guys. Yeah. They're sticking by his wishes. No website. And it's such a famous studio. He was adamantly against uh, anything to do with technology. He used to remember the pictures of him down in the lobby where he would oh, yeah. he'd be wearing the tinfoil hat on his head. <laughs> I don't remember that one that in particular. Gonna... But I do remember seeing him every time every time we walked through the lobby for, for a bit. Okay, well, I was about to read a story, right? What not from Florida. <clears throat> yeah, you were from All right, this comes to us from Orange. Port Orange, Florida. A Florida teacher. What was I going with that? Why did I, I start? Don't know. Talking did about you read the headline though? I did. I, 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 I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was we had the power surge, and yeah, everything. Yeah, went that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, and then I was saying, speaking then, of Leeberry, and then you fixed it. Uh, they, boy, <laughs> <laughs> so Leeberry has a museum now. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah, I did not until well, I saw the, the. Well, I, I, they had to. I had to come in here for like I was like six or eight hours while they modeled that wax figure of me. <laughs> It, it took a, it took a lot of wax, but but we record at usually about five thirty in the evening mm-hmm. here, and the studio is open until I don't know nine. O'clock. I don't know. We're never here when it closes. Does it close? I don't know, Craig. I, I just once they took our parking spots away and they started the tram ride. <laughs> so anyway, I got here today about five, like I normally do, and the museum apparently closes at four. Yeah. And you would think having a key to the place, you'd be able to just go right in. But <laughs> it's no, a whole you know new key. There's like a Paul Blart guy out front. You can't go in. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's, a, that's enough Lee Berry news. Anyway, that was because of the power surge and okay. we got off track. Back, back to yes, track. Go back to anyway, th- this is the first half of the show. This is where we have the fun. This is where we poke fun. This is where yeah. we have a good time. Yeah. And then we get real serious. We don't poke them with a stick, though. We get real serious with, real the, with serious. the big story. The big story gets serious. serious. When you're talking Clinton body count. Big story. It's serious. Yeah. But we're not there yet. What happened? <laughs> Headline is, teacher fights to get job back after being videotaped mowing y- yard naked. Yeah. Naked mower yeah. in Florida. Now, if I, you're I in Florida, don't really understand exactly why the yard was naked, but You know, if you're in Florida, I could see where anybody would be tempted to, to strip naked. 
it's, it's beautiful it, weather. It's hot outside. Well, no, but I don't want them to do that. It's not like California gorgeous weather, but that's all that's gorgeous in California at the moment. Yeah. No offense to our California listeners. I mean, I think if they look around, they know. Well, if they're in Southern California, it's probably not. Nice. No, that's true. That's true. All right. Port Orange, Florida. We ever going to get to the story? A Florida teacher who was caught on camera mowing his lawn while nude. First of all, Craig, who is going to record somebody mowing their lawn nude? I'm going to avert my eyes. I am, too. I'm yeah. going to run the other direction. Yeah. Because, you know, probably it's never what you think. It's, gonna it's be. not a Chippendale out there. It, I, I assure you. Well, I wouldn't want to look at that either. No, me either. But if you were a guy... Or right. if you were a woman, whatever, you were looking at the opposite yes. sex. It's never going to be what you would Exactly. Be. It's not going to be what you would imagine. No. It's going to be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So this teacher was uh, was was mowing nude, which is so dangerous. I even wear jeans when I mow. <laughs> You're right. We're never going to get through the story, but I don't wear shorts mowing because of the, you know, the little things that fly out of the mower. Also, your legs blind everybody in the neighborhood. <sighs> they do not. So... Um, so get to the, what happened. Okay, a Florida well, teacher. Why was he doing this? What I want to know. A Florida teacher who was caught on camera mowing his lawn while nude is fighting to get his job back. The te- now I think he put clothes on to do this, but the teacher was demoted to a non-teaching position. Well, what's a teacher going to do if he's not teaching? Oh, like cleaning erasers. We used to volunteer for that back in the day. Yeah, just to get out of class. Yeah, the teacher was demoted to a non-teaching position after he was recorded. But the teachers' union says the punishment does not fit the crime. Don't do the crime unless you can do the time. Belusa United Educators President Elizabeth Albert said. Albert also said that when longtime teacher Brian Wheeler mowed the yard naked at his Uh, port. I'm sorry, who? Brian Wheeler. Wheeler. Brian. Alan Wheeler. Is this really? Yeah. He's not been arrested. He's the perpetrator. He's not a bad guy. He, he, He... just because it was Zangief, I say to myself, just because I'm bad guy does not make me bad guy. He's not a, no, I'm not well, putting it in there. He's, 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 he's not, I, well, so am I every morning when I shower. You are not naked, sir. <laughs> no, right, right now I'm not. Nobody needs that image in their head. <laughs> I'm not putting it in there. He's not a bad guy. Okay, whatever. All right. Albert said that when longtime teacher Brian Wheeler mowed the yard naked at his Port Orange home port, port what? in 2017, he just made a poor decision. Why would you do that? A neighbor recorded Wheeler and filed a police complaint. I, would, I too, want to know why you would do that. I want to know what neighbor would. I guess they just wanted to get him in trouble. But then again, <clears throat> if you live next to the guy, you don't want to see That's that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I'm not going to record it. I may call the fuzz. You might record it and not watch it again, but you want to hand them the evidence and say, this I'm is not what recording happened. it. I'll call How you to come over and record it. it. I'll it. say, Craig, get over here. This guy's naked and he wants, uh, he's cutting his grass. Hey, guy, this guy's naked next door, man. <laughs> Wheeler was charged with exposure and disorderly conduct. All right, Craig, he was arrested. So Brian Allen Wheeler was charged with exposure. Thank you. And disorderly conduct. The exposure charge. Whoa, 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 what did it say about him? Exp- exposure of what? Uh, just exposure. <laughs> and the, the exposure charge was dropped and the disorderly conduct dismissed. I'm taking Allen back. Hey, they just dropped and Why? dismissed it in a deferred prosecution agreement. Wheeler was not convicted of a crime. Bingo. boy, Luther. <laughs> this man ha- who has over two decades of history teaching children in our community is successfully teaching them at that, clothed or unclothed, Albert said. <clears throat> I added that last part. Yeah, Wheeler okay. was working at Cypress Elementary in Port Orange. Brown Elementary st- students. Yeah, when he was removed. He was a tenured teacher with an unblemished record. According to Doc, his neighbor said she wished that was all that was unblemished about yeah, him. Right. What? 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 what, what? What? According to documents, what? Darn it. according to documents, uh, the news obtained, 
Many parents and colleagues supported him, however, a handful of families of young children did not. School district officials who gave Wheeler a written reprimand, along with a demotion out of the classroom, refused to reconsider. Nope, not going to do it. He's naked cutting that not grass. Not going to do it. Not hey. going to do it. Would not be pardoned. He is a mowing naked. <laughs> he is naked. Now he got to clean a racist. I don't know why you would do that. In addition to Volusia County, the Florida Department of Education investigated and just this past May found probable cause in Brian Wheeler's case to pursue disciplinary action. The complaint will be heard in October. And that's just like, what, a couple of months away, Craig? Yeah. Uh, no, just a month away. Can you believe it? September 2019. Albert said in a statement, uh, he in a settlement he is, that has been reached in Wheeler's case and the October hearing is just a rubber stamp. They're just going to hand him a rubber stamp. <laughs> yeah. According to Albert, and the paperwork she showed us, Wheeler will be fined, but will remain with his teaching credential. Allowing Wheeler to keep his credential would infer that officials feel that he is still of the caliber that is able to work with kids and teach. Albert also said that since the school district has so far refused that, the union will arbitrate on his behalf. Wheeler never lost his teaching certificate, so he's had the option to teach elsewhere in Florida, but union representatives say he's committed to Volusia County. Wow, he needs to be committed. Something else. Something's going on. Hey, this one comes from Jules Camerzel Clifton. You talking about our executive producer? Tony Clifton's niece. Okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chattanooga. This one hits close to home. Man, before you read this, what a marketing campaign. I mean... Make, Holy moly. We're, we're talking about Popeyes and their chicken sandwich. It's, I had never heard of it until two weeks ago. Uh, campaign, what, make too few? Yeah. They've had people holding up places with guns demanding them. All kinds of crazy People stuff. selling them for $25 a pop? It's stupid. Um, go, go to Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. The king. The king. Yeah. yeah. Chattanooga man. Unless sued. you're hungry on a Sunday. <laughs> then you might want to go to Popeyes. Get, someone said uh, Cracker Barrel's got a really good... Cracker Barrel, everything sandwich. at Cracker Barrel is good. I had some Cracker Barrel this morning. I sure. love Cracker Barrel. It's good. It's my favorite. We should get them to sponsor the show. Yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, Chattanooga Man sues Popeyes for running out of popular chicken sandwich. We may have talked about this before, but you I know, don't think so. The name Pop, no, not this. The name Popeyes for that restaurant, yeah, that's not Popeye the Sailor Man. It's the character, I believe it's Popeye Doyle from uh, The French Connection. Gene okay. Hackman's character. Okay. I just wanted to share. That's a little bit of a movie trivia from Craig. Because it, it, it feels like it would be Popeye. You immediately think Popeye the Sailor. It's not. No, I just thought Popeye's chicken. Well, it's not Popeye. Like, everybody immediately thinks Popeye the Sailor Man. Wrong. Well, you don't because like, you're thinking about that chicken. <laughs> That's right. A Chattanooga man is suing fast food chain Popeye's for That's running. just down the street. Not not that one. Uh, for running out of its popular chicken sandwiches. No, Chattanooga. Craig, oh, it is down the street. Craig Barr's Craig 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 Barr's suit accuses not him, but his actual suit that he wears. Is it like, like a pinstripe? I don't know. Not really, it's just a zoot suit. Uh, accuses the company. <laughs> what a riot! Uh, of false advertising, deceptive business practices, and causing him to waste countless time driving to and from local chains to find the sandwich. No, sir, you chose to do that. <laughs> they didn't have a gun to your chicken head. That's right. Bar of East Ridge also claims he was hustled out of $25 by a man who posted a Craigslist ad claiming he would get sandwiches uh, that a restaurant was hiding in the back. <laughs> he suffered rim and tire damages from driving from location to location, was humiliated when his friends laughed at him. By the way, somebody in our local area, somebody in our local area posted one of these on Facebook Marketplace last week. 
the, why did it, it was like who started uh, the who started the the rage that these were so good? They did, and here's where they first of all, Bravo Popeyes, a fantastic marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about it. What happened was when Chick Fil A acknowledged it by answering them on social media that's when it caught fire yeah because all the news media picked up on that you know Popeyes and Chick-fil-A are battling yeah. it out over well, social media Chick-fil- Popeyes will never be anything more than a ghetto chicken shack <laughs> that's Craig Underhill yeah and I don't give a flip.com yeah I mean it's I mean I love uh the, I mean I don't love I like the stuff I've had at Popeyes not don't, me don't get me wrong I love their mashed potatoes and gravy it's not really my thing good. it is not my but thing. I feel like every time I eat there easy uh, that it's all grease. Like if I go to pot, if I go to Bojangles, I don't feel greasy when I. Oh, leave. I love Bojangles. Yeah, next to Chick Fil A, I'd say Bojangles is my favorite chicken place. And before anybody tries to say that ghetto chicken is some kind of a racial thing, it's not. Craig and I don't give a flip dot com. Yeah, Craig and I don't give a flip dot com. It's not ra- racial. It's it's just it's just ghetto chicken. It's like it's a. Uh, it's three times. I know. It's like. Um, <laughs> Broke down chicken. We'll call it that. <laughs> broke mountain. Broke bound. No, broke down broke chicken. Back, broke back chicken? You know, people use. Anyway, broke down chicken. Anyway. Broke, what just, is broke down chicken? I just meant it's just like, you know, it's just run down cheap chicken. It's just a cheap chicken <laughs> joint. It's not. It's not. I'll take the chipper chicken. It's, it's just not. It's not grade A. You know, oh, is it not? It's, it's ghetto chicken. <laughs> Popeye's going to come in here with his can of spinach and knock you through the roof, man. Not that same Popeye. <laughs> But I, 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 I do visit Popeye's now and then, and what I've had is okay. I don't. But I don't we love it. we got a it. brand new one in our little town. I know. And I've, I've been to that one, and, and I don't dislike it. I just don't. Well, see, here's the difference between me and you. I do dislike it. Okay. It's not a favorite. You don't want to call but it ghetto chicken. I am not. But I'm not going to get on my podcast and talk, talk, tell everybody it's broke down chicken. It's broke down <laughs> it's chicken. Not great, it's not great, eh? It's just, you know, the first time I went to that one, they gave me a raw chicken breast. Gross. It wasn't even cooked. That's dangerous, is what that is. To be fair, Bojangles, when they first opened, they gave me a raw chicken sandwich. No, it's in training. They're training people, They're trying man. to figure it out. Yeah, figure it broke out. Broke down chicken. <laughs> well, you got offended by ghetto chicken, so I'm going to say broke down chicken. How many times have I said that now? I was going to have some chicken for lunch, but it's broke down. Broke down Now chicken. i got to have tuna. Anyway, um, the guy, after he went around, he, oh, he, said, he said he suffered Broke down chicken. T- run. If we were still doing band names, broke down chicken, yeah. that would well, be mine of the night. You, you can do that if you want. <laughs> Um, he said he was humiliated when his friends laughed at him. He well, said, yeah. I can't get happy. <laughs> I have this sandwich on my mind. I can't get I can't, happy. He said, I can't think straight. This guy needs, he doesn't need a chicken sandwich. He needs a psychiatrist. It just consumes you. No, you consume it, you, yeah, big, you dummy. big dummy. Go get your ghetto chicken. <laughs> The sandwich became an unexpected online sensation over the weekend, <laughs> resulting in long lines and sandwich shortages. Signs began popping up on drive through speakers and restaurant doorways, uh, alerting customers restaurants they'd run out of sandwiches due to unexpected high volumes. Yeah, and I they think that's part of their... that says, be right back. I think that's part of their marketing campaign. Oh, we're out of them, but if you download our app, we'll let you know that's as right. soon as we get more. Apex Marketing Group estimated the online buzz was worth $65 million in marketing yeah. for the Miami-based company. Barr, who owns a company in the automobile industry, claims Popeye purposefully overhyped the sandwich. That's the way it works. Apple does it every release. They yes, have, that's true. I mean, they don't have chicken sandwiches, but you know what I mean. If they, they did, they would be premium. They'd be Chick-fil-A if they quality. Did, they'd be super expensive. You know you what? Know. Chick-fil-A is the Apple 
of uh, chicken sandwiches. I, I called it. I okay. called. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? No, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Popeyes is more like the old broke down, broke down blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> of, the blackberry. <laughs> Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> People love those in the day. In the day, yeah. Popeyes purposely overhyped the sandwiches and underdelivered quantity to mm-hmm. increase popularity yep. and garner attention. That's right. It's totally deceptive. Who runs out of chicken? Well, I went to. Um, what was that? Uh, what's that sub place? Uh, Subway? No, the other one. Uh, Firehouse? No, the other one. <laughs> Jersey Mike's. And Blimpies? I went into Jersey Mike's. Well, now the other one. I went into Jersey Mike's one day, and they said, we're out of bread. <laughs> I said, how are you run out of bread? It's your sandwich shop. Anyway, well, I went into Taco Bell last night. They ran out of rice. Who gets rice at Taco Bell? Well, I got a, well, have you had the Frito Burrito? No, man, so I don't eat good. that stuff. Frito burritos got rice, and they said, well, we're out of rice. We'll put whatever else you want on there. And I said, I'll put some guacamole put some on there. some $20 bills on there. Put some $20 <laughs> bills on top of it. Um, everyone is captivated by these sandwiches. They got everyone gassed up on them. <laughs> now, I've been gassed up on chicken before, but Popeyes not like he's talking about. has not re- returned a request for coming. The sandwiches were available. <laughs> he did, too. They just didn't. They said, he said, wrong Popeye. The sandwiches were available in select stores August 12th. They gained widespread popularity on Twitter on August 19th when the company's account feuded with Wendy's and Chick-fil-A over who had the best sandwich. Barr has since been making regular trips to Popeye's <laughs> locations. Wendy's tried to get in on the action I gotta and get th- completely I, failed. Now, Wendy's is fantastic I've on Twitter. I've got to get through this story, and there's a lot left. <laughs> I'm I'm just, I'm I just think sir, it's I'm funny. Gonna have, I'm gonna have to I think floor. it's funny. I'm going to have to recover my time, sir. <laughs> Wendy's were like, we're going to get on this, Wendy's, guys. you don't even have a dog in this race. <laughs> no, you <laughs> Do they even have a chicken? They, they do. They have a good they chicken sandwich. They have a spicy sandwich. chicken sandwich. Yeah, they have a good, pretty decent chicken sandwich. I don't eat there. Anywho, um, he's been driving from one location to the next, allegedly being told by employees that they were he sold ended out. ended up in California. He should try another store. While traveling to the Highway 58 location, the tire on his car blew, and he cracked. <laughs> Here's the deal. He cracked the $1,500 rim. <laughs> What's he doing with the, who? Who has fifteen hundred dollar rims? He fi- this guy who wants a chicken sandwich. He fixed the tire and went to get his sandwich, only to be told he'd have to come back after the weekend because the chicken sandwich had sold out. Oh no wonder he flipped out. He then found a Craigslist ad from a man claiming he had a friend who worked at Popeyes. The worker had supposedly stashed some sandwiches in the back of his pants. It doesn't, no. say, it doesn't say that no. in a walk-in freezer. And Craigslist seller could get Bar a sandwich that was being held in the back of the Broad Street location. Bar met with the man behind the. Restaurant on this Monday, guy wanted a chicken sandwich. $25. Five for the sandwich, 20 for the troubles. The man <laughs> allegedly went to the store and never came back. He, went, went, he went in the front door and yeah. out the back door and never stopped. It doesn't work there, probably. <laughs> Barr went inside after realizing what happened, and a police said the man matching the description had bought something and left out the front door. I got scared. Scammed, Barr <laughs> yeah. said. But that's not Popeye's fault. That's your fault no. for being a, a dumb dumb. Dummy, yeah. Um, the company posted earlier this week that was totally out of sandwiches nationwide. They wouldn't be available until at least today, according to the company. Babar has to work, he said. He won't be available. Did to you get say Babar? Babar the elephant. <laughs> Babar has to work. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I just don't understand. I don't understand what... I mean, this guy, this guy basically tore up his tire and his rim and now he's thinking if he sues him he'll get that paid for he's he's not right there even his attorneys are going to say uh your honor throw this guy out for some of that broke down ghetto chicken <laughs> that's four <laughs> that's like 12 <laughs> 
I love the word ghetto. Ghetto works. Ghetto. Ghetto, <laughs> ghetto is pretty good too. Get, yeah. get, ghetto get, blaster. Ghetto. That's what I'm saying. Ghetto. Yeah. Ghetto. Uh, <laughs> Ghetto, ghetto, ghetto. You have never looked wider than you do right now. Yeah, no. yeah, well, ghetto. Yeah, the ghetto. <laughs> Are you from the ghetto? In the ghetto. Yeah, poor little baby child was born in a ghetto. I, um, that was Elvis, by the way. I, um. That's the worst Elvis I've ever heard. I wasn't heard. actually doing an Elvis voice. In the ghetto. Ghetto. And the baby cry. You remember the ladies in the background? Yes. Yes. Uh, but ghetto is one of those words that can be used anywhere. It doesn't have to mean actually a geographical location. I mean, it's just look. Ghetto. You, you've dug your hole. You're gonna have to care. sleep. It's in ghetto it, okay? chicken. It is ghetto chicken. <laughs> Whatever. Headline is. I'm saving you off the ghetto. There's no saving me. Okay, broke down chicken. <laughs> there you go. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> actually, my food was pretty good when I ate there, but it, I feel greasy when I leave there. I just don't like the flavor. You know, and it's not it's Popeye. It's fried. Cajun. It's too much fried. So, well, Bojangles is Cajun. Well, Bojangles it's, is it's good. Better. It's better. Yeah. And their biscuits blow it's away. It's bow Papa. better. It is. It's bow better. Uh-huh. You want those bowberry biscuits? I just I just invented a marketing uh, campaign. I think they've already done They're that. They're bow better. <clears throat> I think they've already done that, by Bo the way. Bow better blues. How about that one? Okay, Mr. Lee. Headline is... Man wearing TV on head, caught on camera, leaving old TVs on Virginia front porch. Did porches. you see the video? No, I the have video not. Is, hysterical. is it one of those like big yeah, masks? They, they, no, they hollowed out the an old tube. Because they sell like rubber masks that are like TVs. This appeared to be just the casing from an old TV with something as a screen. It, it looked it looked like he walked up. He's with like old a TV. ghetto Santa maybe, Claus. Maybe it was one of those broke down TV masks. <laughs> <laughs> in Henrico County, Virginia. You know, wasn't um, the mountain dancer from Virginia? Uh, West Virginia. White. Uh, Jesco, Jesco White. Jesco White. Yeah. West Virginia Mountain Mama. Yeah. Take, take me home. Take me home, Jesco. And John Denver's full I'll of crap, I'll tell you what. Man. Anybody needs to, If you want one, this isn't kid-friendly because it's, no. it's a pretty sad documentary. Watch The Wild. Oh, it's one, solid the gold. The Wild. No, no. Don't watch that well, one. I've only seen that one. There's no. one before it. The, the one dancer, before it. Jesco White, The Mountain Dancer. Yeah, that, or something like that. The Wild Whites of... I'm about to... T- it's called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Yeah, that one I did not like oh, at I all. I loved it. It was great. But you got to see the first one. the first one is something like Jesco White. No, the first one's called The Mountain Dancer or something like that. It was originally filmed for PBS, a documentary on PBS, yeah. and, and PBS dude, saw it and they're like, "We ain't touching that." that. Dude is crazy. <laughs> I told you uh, in. Uh, I put the butcher knife up to her neck and I said, "If you want to live to see tomorrow, <laughs> you better start frying them eggs, eggs. a little better." Well, I told you. I'm the, tired in, of in, eating in, sloppy slime eggs. In the in the movie uh, Logan Lucky, um, Dwight Yoakam plays the 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 jailer. What's his? What do you call him? The warden. Sling blade. No. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam, the singer, comes walking through. He's playing the role of the warden. And yeah. you hear him say, hey, Jesco. And you hear you hear him answer back. And I looked, and it was Jesco. He oh, was that off, is awesome. He was off camera, but it was Jesco. That is fantastic. It was, it was Jesco. <laughs> I put that butcher knife up to her neck, and I said, eggs. if you want to live to see tomorrow, <laughs> I better stop frying them eggs a little bit better. They are so messed up. Dude, you've got to see it. The, the Mountain Dancer, I think, is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I know. I, I found it's it. so I, good. I've not seen it, but I love the back second when, one. Back in the 80s, when we worked at um, video stores, uh-huh. a bootleg copy found its way to us. To us. To us. Did it have eggs? <laughs> I said, if you want to live to see tomorrow. <laughs> you better play you know how many times VHS? I watched it? I mean, we watched it over and over. How about you watch the front of your screen okay. and read the My story bad. about the guy with the big TV on his head? Headline so is. I was telling you is he walked up like an MTV commercial. You didn't let me read this well, or not? Say, he walks up. Did it go, dun, 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 dun,
Okay, Beavis. He um he walks up or she and got this. It looks like it looks like a real TV, like the body. Yes, the TV. there's oh, a mask that looks like that, but your that, face. Maybe that is. Yeah, but no, you did, it looked like a screen on the front. Right, but his your face sees out of this part. Right. Yeah, uh, they can't tell what you're doing. This right. is this is audio only. <laughs> well, I'm showing you. Oh, right. <laughs> Henrico County, Virginia, residents living in a Virginia neighborhood woke up to find free televisions on their doorsteps. That sounds great until you see the older box sets left at their homes. Hayes committed to his trade, said homeowner Jim Brooksbank. No need to adjust that dial. Doorbell Doorbell surveillance cameras captured the man with the TV set over his head, laying an older set down on someone's front porch and just walking off. Hey, say that that part again about adjusting your dial. Uh, The word was, oh, no need to adjust that dial. Thank you. I just wanted to do that. He wants to be known as the TV Santa Claus. I don't know. Brooks Banks told the TV news <laughs> he told the team he's out front <laughs> he talking to the tv on his porch the bizarre discovery happened sunday morning in henrico's hampshire neighborhood outdated boxes were found at more than 50 homes good night basically dumping their garbage what do you do rob a goodwill i think they just were dumping garbage somewhere i bet if they go find an old tv repair shop somewhere that's missing a bunch <laughs> of tvs we got an old tube style tv it's a 13 inch said brooks bank i thought my son had brought it home but apparently not they had way too much time on their hands if they had all those TVs and spread them all over the neighborhood. The home, said homeowner Michael Kroll, who sounds suspiciously like Brooks Banks. Yes. Henrico police. It's the region. Yeah. Get, hey, get get your finger ready. <clears throat> Henrico police are tuned into the situation. They have security camera video footage uh, from multiple neighbors, but think it's only a prank targeting no one in particular. At most, oh wait, this is a police officer. <clears throat> At most times, uh, seems to be more an inconvenience to the community, said one officer. He said at most, not at most of the time. No, at most. at most. At most this, yes. At officers, osmosis. osmosis, reverse? Yeah. Back it up. Officers and county workers spent Sunday morning picking up the old units and hauling them away. Uh, the police did a great job of coming and collecting them all, but they ac- they accidentally took my flat screen off the TV wall in the living room, and I don't know how I'm going to get that back, said Brooksbank. This is the second time the TV set mystery has played out in Glen Allen. Do you remember Glen Allen? No, I don't hey, Glen Allen. Comedian from the 70s? No. no. Okay. The same thing happened in a different neighborhood last August. I think it's just a prank. Some college students who are just bored, said Kroll. It's summer and people are getting ready to go back to school. Maybe TV man was just ready to strike and put a little humor in our lives. In the absence of knowing the brains inside the box, these homeowners are left only to guess what it all means. According to Henrico Police, the only real crime committed was illegal dumping. So, if you wake up with a busted old ghetto TV on your porch, a broke down, a broke down ghetto, ghetto TV. TV, you know the TV man has been there. All right, Craigster, that's going to wrap up the first half of the show. But hey, listener, don't go away. We're going to be right back with tonight's big story. Have you tried the Studio Told earbuds yet? With its wireless design, minimalistic charging case, and microphones on both sides, Tolv is the perfect match for any adventure. The sophisticated earbuds hold seven hours of battery life, while the portable case offers additional charges for an astounding six days of standby life. Tolv introduces a new graphene driver for intense and clear sound quality. It also features the latest Bluetooth 5.0 technology, compatible with iOS and Android, 
and up to 15 meters of range. If you want to elevate your musical experience, you got to try these tolls. And for a uh, limited time, you can get 15% off when you use the discount code 15WEIRD. That's all one word, 15WEIRD. Just go to studio.com and click on the toll link. Check them out. Have band-themed boxes sent right to your door for just $49 a month. Each curated band box includes two brand new vinyl records by the same popular, critically acclaimed artist, an illustrated track-by-track listing guide, and an exclusive magazine about the featured band or singer. Don't want the records we send you? Exchange them for any title in our catalog. Pause or cancel your subscription anytime. Go to bandboxrocks.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout to get your first month for half off. Weird. So we get two intros? Yeah. Yeah. That's something new we're trying. I don't think that's in the budget. Well, it's like two. We're like combining two shows. It's not like a budget. We don't have a budget for that. Hey, we can't be funny this half hour. Remember last week I got in trouble. Someone say we're not funny this hour. (laughs) This hour. So I went home last week and I said, no, this was this was like Saturday. Lori said, I, I listened to the podcast. You said which liar? Is, yeah, which is weird because she never listens to the podcast. Right, right. I think y'all were mean. I said, what? You shouldn't be laughing. What if it was our kids that had been killed on the railroad tracks? Back up, you creep. Get away from me. Is that what you so said she, she actually made a good point. And, and I think... No, and, we weren't. We, I don't think we were mean we, at all. We weren't at all. No. We uh, even said during during the uh, story, we said, you, you know, we're trying to keep it light. Right. You know, not yeah. by no means would we um, think that it was funny or... It's not funny. You're right. No, we, we just, we try to keep it light. You and, know? and this may be a good time to say, this may be the last week for uh, the Clinton body count. Because Aaron is a little bit weirded out by it. <laughs> well, she, here's trouble, the thing. By the way, we did get in trouble once when we, we apparently oh gosh, made yes. fun of Jesus when he was at Pizza Hut, when he broke into yes, Pizza don't, Hut. Yes, don't bring that up. We lost a, a valuable listener over that. <laughs> but we, we didn't say we we made light of the we had no idea this kid's family was listening to our well, podcast it wasn't a kid it was a grown man yeah but still well we we didn't we we even he told claimed this, to be jesus we told this person we said we were we were laughing at the circumstances not at the man's mental health right boy she blasted us boy she was not happy she, I, mean, I was like oh but but again, I stand by that. We made we were laughing at the circumstances. Yeah, you know, and then the circumstances last when we were we're talking about the uh, Kevin Ives Don Henry Don Henley Don Henry murders, uh, two young boys who had their whole lives ahead yeah. of them. Yeah, and we're going to pick up on that this week. So Craig, if you would like, I'm, I'm going to hit this one more time. Big story. So uh, I I don't know what I do now. You just start reading the the uh, this part. No. 
No, you got to read the read well, your see, part. Here's the part. Here's the here's what's up with this part of the show. Okay, go ahead. You go over all the stuff, right? And then you expect me to rehash what you just went over, uh, and that's weird. That's not it. That's, that's not it. Each week, okay, everybody, listen. Everybody, you listen and tell me what you think. Okay. Each week on Weird, we focus on a super weird story that deserves more attention than the usual stories we bring you. This. Uh, is where we bring you conspiracy theories, UFO stories, real life monster stories like Bigfoot, Mothman, etc., or Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and really strange other stuff. Now, of course, we're just covering these stories. Back up, you creep. Because they're weird, we're not necessarily saying we believe them, so don't get in your head you need to suicide us. Right. We're I'm perfectly happy with life. So, anyway, Aaron kind of already told you all this. He just didn't mention Mothman. Yeah. But now the big story. Big story. The Clinton body count, a part trace. Yeah. Yeah, part trace. Trace. Okay, tonight we got some audio clips from a documentary called The New Clinton Chronicles. It was produced by Citizens for Honest Government. That's an oxymoron. It's a nonpartisan organization designed to alert the public about dishonesty and corruption in government. That's a full-time job. I'll I hope they run, have a lot of people. run out of town. Okay, so on last week's episode, we discussed the murders of Kevin Ives and Don Henry. <clears throat> so here... To start things off tonight, we've got a, a short audio clip from Kevin's mom. This is Kevin Ives that was murdered, uh, where she's talking about the murders. On August 22nd, 1987, Kevin had spent the night with his friend Don Henry. They left uh, Don's home around 1230 or quarter to one uh, on the 23rd of August in early morning hours. And uh, the next thing we knew, they had been run over by a train. There seems to be a small airstrip in the area. There have been sightings and uh, reports of small airplanes flying very low with lights off in the area. I believe they saw something they shouldn't have seen. Three weeks later, their deaths were ruled accidental by the state medical examiner, Fami Malik, and um, we disagreed with that ruling uh, because we thought the evidence pointed to homicide. Uh, at that point, we had a lot of questions and no answers, uh, and the facts didn't add up to what he was telling us, so we decided to get a second opinion and uh, met with resistance from all fronts, both with our local law enforcement, with the state crime lab, uh, with everybody that we turned to. Uh, we obtained court orders. Uh, we requesting samples of everything that the crime lab had for a second opinion. And uh, Femi Malik um, uh, resisted court orders. Uh, he refused to obey them. Ultimately, it was proven that Don Henry had been stabbed in the back and Kevin Ives' skull had been crushed prior to the placement of their bodies on the railroad tracks. Okay, that wasn't Kevin's mom there at the end. That, well, no, she'd gone through some hormone therapy, so she's a little different <laughs> at the end there. All right, now we got one more clip before we continue. Okay, you're going to hear two voices on this next clip, just like you did on the last one. The first voice you hear on this clip is Charlene Wilson. Now, during the mid-'80s, she was what you might call a mistress to the Arkansas mob. She was like an inside person on the mob. Uh, she's in prison now, but <clears throat> she regretfully admits that she had been in relations with many of the Dixie Mafia, as well as Bill Clinton's half-brother, Roger, who was also involved in a lot of this mess. For several months, she said, she even unloaded bags of cocaine at the MENA airport, 
in the mountains of eastern Arkansas. She don't like. She don't like. She don't like. <laughs> cocaine. Charlene's legal troubles began on December the 10th, 1990, when she walked into a U.S. district court in Little Rock, Arkansas, and testified under oath to an astonished grand jury that she had provided cocaine to Governor, then-Governor Bill Clinton. Okay, now when she says the tracks on this clip, she's referring to the railroad tracks where Kevin and Don were murdered. And when she says the boys, she's talking about Kevin and Don. After her voice, you're going to hear the voice of John Brown. He was the former uh, Saline Country criminal investigator. And I think that's supposed to be county. I believe so. Saline County. Unless Saline's now a country. Uh, it's, it's salty, you know. Very <clears throat> salty. All right, so here's this next clip. The people at the track that night, to my knowledge, were Dan Harmon, Keith McCaskill, Larry Rochelle. I do know that the boys... We're watching the drop site, okay? And they got curious as to what was being dropped there. The fact is, we know who killed these kids. The whole reason this case has been slowed down, stopped, wherever we're at. They can't do anything with it as long as Clinton's in office because it tracks right back to Bill Clinton been involved in the cover-up. He took care of everybody that ever covered anything up in this case. Everybody got promoted. That's the weird thing. Wow, is John Brown still alive after, <laughs> yeah, after, say, he, after he, saying that? You know what? The good question. I need to shake that out. But the Ives-Henry murders that we discussed last week ended up causing nine additional murders. Or I don't know if causing is the right word. There, there were nine additional murders that took place that are connected to the right. Ives-Henry murders. You can murders. dot the lines. <clears throat> right. So tonight we're going to look back at seven of these, and we're going to discuss their connections to the case and to the Clintons. First up is James Dewey Milam. Uh, he died. Milam. Milam. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah James Dewey Milam. Places. Yeah, he died on May 30th, 1987. Wow. Next, we're going to talk about. How was he found? Uh, very unpleasant. Yes. <clears throat> Next, we're going to talk about Keith Coney, who died July 1988. Keith McCaskill. You heard some of these names in the uh, previous yep. audio clip. Right, right. Who died in November 1988. Uh, Gregory Collins died January 1989. Jeff Rhodes died April 1989. Richard Waters uh, died in July. Winters. I'm sorry. Richard Winters died July. 19- I'm glad you're here, Craig. Keep me keep me on the line here. And then Jordan Kettleson died of Ju- in June of 1990. Okay. We're going to take these in chronological order. For those of you not keeping up, that's an order that happened. <laughs> okay. Lori's going to get mad at you. I'm not, I'm, that had nothing to do with anybody who died. I'm just saying. She's going to get mad at you. First on the list, James Dewey Milam, May 30th, 1987. He had information on the Ives and Henry deaths. He was found decapitated nonetheless. The state medical examiner, Fami Malik, notorious for his curious rulings, sketchy i would say mm-hmm. broke down um declared, ghetto <laughs> ghetto rulings uh, declared the death to be of natural causes now reread that okay he was decapitated yes but he died of natural causes <laughs> well he naturally lost a lot of blood when his head was removed he lost his head um, that's not funny 
if Pe- people uh, are no, no, no. I'm just, no. We're making fun of Malik. We're making fun of the, the Malik. The, yes, yeah, Malik. Because yeah. he's just he's, he's a so fraud. Sketchy. Do we, do we have an audio clip? We do. Yeah. This this is uh, I forgot who this is. This is here's an audio clip of Fami <laughs> Malik. So, somebody talking about Fami Malik. This Malik had been kept in office at the insistence of Governor Clinton for a number of years, despite vigorous public outcry to have him removed. As long as Malik's rulings pleased the governor's office or state police, they were left to stand, no matter how implausible. Malik's obvious lack of medical knowledge reached a pinnacle when he ruled that James Milam, who had been decapitated, had died of natural causes. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's funny. Who had the power to remove Malik from office insisted he stay. I just want to ask you did that guy talking just now not sound like one of those films you'd watch in high school riff one of the riff films yeah. reading is fun yeah yeah he did, he did kind of and craig the funny thing about what you just read on on milam that's all i could find on him on on online pretty much there's almost nothing online about any of these deaths especially james milam because that's a weird one yeah. i searched for over an hour on that man alone uh, I ran into a lot of 500 internal service errors. Just you can't know, get to them yeah, just can't get to the pages. But all I could find on Milam's death was a tweet and a short Reddit post. You should go look on the next time you're doing something like this. Go look on the internet uh, time machine. There's actually a website that grabs captured snapshots. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. But I mean, the, if you find it, then you're in trouble. But. Go ahead and read the. Uh, I, I, I got the Reddit post and the tweet there. Um, who can find info on James Dewey Milam? Death was rude. I uh, rude was ruled. A, it was rude. Yeah, it was very rude. It was ruled a suicide, but he was decapitated. It's almost as if he's been wiped from the internet. I can't find anything in newspaper archives or anything, and even Snopes confirms that this mysterious death happened, which says a lot of Snopes actually admits it. Sure. Something doesn't add up. Now, who was this from? This is a tweet. That was for that. No, that was a Reddit post. That you found. Yes. Then there was a tweet from Robert Horan, uh, Robbie12692. You know Robbie12692. Yeah. Uh, James Milam, an informant on the the MENA cocaine cover-up, which was run by Bill Clinton, he was found dead in his home on May 10th, 1987, ruled a suicide, and that he died from an ulcer and his dog ate his entire head. But his head was found a few blocks away, cut off by a knife. Oh, his dog must have gotten sick. His dog must have eaten somebody else's head. <laughs> All right, next on our list, Keith Coney. Uh, Craig's, we, we've talked about him. Craig's he fond owns, of him. He, yeah, because he owns that island. Right, and the hot dogs. He died in July 1988. Uh, Keith Coney died on May 17th. Tony asserted that he had inside information concerning the Henry Ives Boys on the Track case. Can I I just real quick interject? Sure, absolutely. I feel especially sad for several of these people because this guy died in one of the greatest years of the 80s, 1988. Oh, it's a fantastic year. And he died. And he just, if he could have just made it to 1990. Then at least he, sure. would have, he would have gotten through the greatest Boy, decade. I'm so glad we survived the 80s. I know, and there wasn't anything to it. It was a breeze because life was awesome. Yeah, because the, the 80s, 80s are the best. So I, I sincerely feel bad these guys did not get to enjoy 1988. Yeah, me it too. Was a great year. In the news at the time, Keith's mother Betty Alexander said that her son knew the teenagers and related to her that he had been nearby when Henry and Ives were attacked. Oh, you don't tell people that. No. Uh, Keith Coney died when his motorcycle slammed the back of a truck during a reported high-speed okay. chase. I'm not sure even Bill Clinton could force his motorcycle to slam in the back of a truck. It was the high-speed chase that did it. They, don't, they never found out who Maybe. was chasing him. Then there's Keith McCaskill, November 1988. He was the owner of the wagon wheel 
in the next county, Pulaski. That's he one was, of my favorite Darius Rucker songs. Wagon Wheel? Yes. He was uh, simply an unfortunate witness. He made no secret that he feared for his life because he also had information about the Don Henry uh, and Kevin Ives boys on the track murder case. Kevin Ives' mother, Linda, testified that Keith bid his friends and family goodbye shortly before his murder. McCaskill had expressed fear for his life of the railroad track thing, fear for his life, rather, told his parents goodbye. Inmate reported being offered 4000 to kill McCaskill. A friend of McCaskill said um, he was pointing out cars and complaining about being followed shortly before his death. The same friend also said that McCaskill complained of being treated to Clinton-style intimidation and threats. Local reports at the time said uh, the night of the elections in 1988, he took two pennies out of his pocket and threw them on the bar there at the wagon wheel and said, if Jim Steed, the Saline County Sheriff, loses this election, my life isn't worth two cents. And he was murdered by stabbing that night with 113 stab wounds. Good grief. That's all died on November 10th, 1988. Cause of death, 113 stab wounds. Uh, Pretty safe to say that was no suicide or accident. And here's an audio clip of Mrs. Ives talking about Keith's murder. Shortly before Keith McCaskill was murdered, he he knew that he was fixing to be murdered. He told his family goodbye. He told his friends goodbye. Um, The night of um, elections in 1988... Uh, He took two pennies out of his pocket and threw them on the bar there at the wagon wheel and said, if Jim Steed loses this election, my life isn't worth two cents. And he was murdered that night. Wow. Uh, Then there's Gregory Collins, January 1989, died from a gunshot wound. 26-year-old Gregory Collins was another who allegedly had knowledge of the circumstances surrounding the murders of the Arkansas teenagers, Don Henry and Kevin Ives. He had been subpoenaed to testify before the grand jury because um, he had been been going around. uh, What? what? Yeah, because he had been going around. He'd been going around. Oh, no, a rumor had been going around. That's what it's supposed to say. He'd been with the boys the night of the murders. Keith Coney, the guy who died in the motorcycle accident, had been a close friend of Collins. Collins died from a gunshot wound to the face in January of 89. His death was ruled a suicide. How many people that kill themselves by gunshot shoot their face? That's rare. I'm sure it's happened. Unless they're referring to it being in his mouth. Well, I don't think so. I think it was. I don't think I want to know because then I know too much and then somebody's coming (laughs) looking for Hey, what's that red dot on you? Next up, we're going to talk about Jeff Rhodes. He died in April of uh, 1989. He was only 21 years old. He was shot, mutilated, and found burned in a trash dump. In the days before his death, he had been scared and told his family that he knew too much about the murders. Uh, He said he had to get out of Benton, that he knew something about the Keith McCaskill murder, said his father, Eddie Rhodes. His burned body was found in a trash dump. He died of a gunshot wound to the head, and there was some body mutilation leading to the probable speculation that he was uh, tortured prior to being killed. Before you play this, this yeah. clip, just to put this in perspective, this guy's a year younger than us. I know. So think about being 21 years old. We're 22 at the time. I mean, this is this this could have been, in, you know, it could have been anybody anyway. But you think this isn't like this is some kid, yeah? You know, like this, he got mixed up in something at that age. And, and where's the media? I mean, if you've this is all everything we've talked about has happened within one or two years. Right. And, and all these bodies, mutilations, beheadings, what 
I never. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's also sloppy, and they're getting away with it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we got some. Uh, uh, Kevin's mom is back again, talking about Jeff Rhodes this time. Uh, Jeff Rhodes was a young man from Benton who uh, uh, was murdered in 1989. Um, shortly before his death, he made a phone call to his dad in Texas and told him he needed to get out of Benton, Arkansas. That uh, he felt he knew too much about the boys on the railroad tracks and uh, the death of Keith McCaskill. Uh, a couple of weeks later, Jeff was found dead. Uh, he'd been shot in the head. Uh, they'd attempted to cut off his head and hands and feet. Oh, I didn't know that. On fire in a dump. So that's Kevin's mom, who has really been working overtime since the death of her son way back in the 80s to, to make something happen with the investigation because nothing. Uh, as far as the, the town where they are from, this little town in Arkansas, the murders are unsolved. Yeah, if you, if they even believe him to be murdered, where's Robert Stack when you need him? That's a good question. He was dead. Actually, he, he, he covered this. He case. actually knew something. He, he covered this case. Coincidence? I, I think not. I think not. Richard Winters is our next. Uh, the next one we're going to focus on. Uh, July of nineteen eighty nine is when he died. He was a suspect in the Ives Henry death. Richard had uh, had agreed to cooperate with investigators on these deaths. He was killed by a shotgun blast to the face during a robbery that was eventually proven to be a setup. Uh, Dan Harmon was the prosecutor who Richard went to and asked about a deal. Harmon was implicated in the murders of Kevin and Don, and it was even jailed for running his office as a criminal enterprise to extort narcotics and cash. So all this, that, that one paragraph right there is proof that the people of Arkansas law enforcement were corrupted by the drugs. We're talking about corrupted. Arkansas so much, I'm scared to drive through there now. I just don't. Go around. We'll let Randall do it. Yeah. Randall, on his way to Louisiana. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Randall, happy birthday, buddy. Sorry we uh, we forgot to say anything about it last week. Yeah, I told Aaron to say something, but he didn't want to. <laughs> and last on our list, uh, this is a quickie, Jordan Kettleson died in June of 1990. Uh, Jordan was an informant to the prosecutor, Gene Duffy, who was handling the Ives-Henry murders. Uh, the case would have tied the murders back to Bill Clinton and the MENA cover-up. He was found dead, shot several times in his pickup truck in June of 1990. It's like a death squad. It's bizarre. And How I'm bizarre. thinking, back in the 80s, we we still had newspapers. You know, there was a lot of newspapers. I don't know if you know this or not, we still have newspapers today. Do we? Yeah. I don't ever see them. We wrap fish in them. <laughs> I don't eat fish, so that's why maybe why that's I never why see never them. That's why you never see them. Uh, but... It's kind of interesting to me. Had this happened in our little county, little Sumner County, Tennessee, we everybody it would have been talked. All this would have been the talk, and everybody would have been locked up in their houses at night. The streets would be empty, but apparently, not so down in little old Arkansas, 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 as our buddy Frank likes to say, Arkansas. Yeah. No. All right, sir. Anyway, that wraps up this week of the week three. Yeah, that would be week tres. Trey. Today, of the Clinton body count coverage, alleged Clinton body count right. coverage. We're just reporting the yeah, news. We're not, we don't know anything, so please don't suicide us. Next week, we may be going in a different direction because Aaron's honestly, he's turned he's turned gray. This this I'll tell you, I'll be honest about this, too. The, the, he said he had nightmares. I did. I woke up uh, Sunday morning from a nightmare. I had a nightmare Saturday night. No, no, no. I woke up Monday morning because it was a holiday. I had a nightmare Sunday night. You sure it wasn't an Alice Cooper record to cost it? <laughs> no, Alice Cooper's happy music, man. What are you talking about? And, but anyway. Anyway, dealing with this research is a bummer. It's dark. <laughs> It'll put a cloud over. And I'm just going to, I don't know, maybe 
Maybe we'll do some UFO stories or something next Bigfoot. next week. Something. Anyway, we want to thank the citizens for honest government for all of tonight's audio clips. Not that we told them. And if you uh, want <laughs> to see the whole documentary, just Google the new Clinton Chronicles. Uh, and it's readily available out there for free. Uh, do your own research. Make your own decisions. We don't know the Clintons did anything. We're just we're just saying that we read a few things, and we don't. That's know, right. We don't know anything. We could not. Let me make this clear. We could not testify in a court of law. We could not. I have never been to Arkansas. And well, here's the other thing: we could not. You to testify, you have to know something. Yes. And we all only, we know is how to use Google. Yeah, we only know how to use <laughs> Google. So we are. I have, and also I'm not. De- I'm not depressed or willing to hurt myself. So if anything happens to me, I want you to know that it was a setup. Yes, and if anything happens to Craig, that's completely wrong because he had nothing to do with this topic. Yeah, you got to go after Aaron. That's right. I'm the one that came up with all this. Yeah, he's the big tough guy. Over Craig. There. Craig gets the fun job. He's the first half of the show. I have to I dig am. my head deep that's into true. the muck. I just have to talk about guys with televisions on their heads. Yeah, and Do like we have some outro or something going on over there. Are you ready for outro? Maybe. I'd like to say hello to uh, to my pops. Uh, coming coming to see you soon, Dad. As long as I'm still around. Yeah, but we don't know anything. <laughs> if anybody asks, I'm perfectly happy with life. Never been happier. All right. Well, you know, that's another one in the can, as they would say. You know, if we had a can, it'd be in there. It would be. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Tell your friends. Talk to us on Facebook. New website coming soon. Okay. Yes, sir. Hey, you got something on your forehead there. It's a red dot. Yeah. It's not funny. This episode of Weird is brought to you by Studio Headphones. Try the new Tove earbuds today. With its wireless design, minimalistic charging case, and microphones on both sides, Tove is the perfect match for any adventure. The sophisticated earbuds hold about seven hours of battery life, while the portable case offers additional charges for an astounding six days of standby life. Use the discount code 15WEIRD for 15% off your purchase. That's 15WEIRD. Just go to studio.com, pick out a pair of headphones, or try the toll of earbuds. 15WEIRD, 15WEIRD. Back up, you creep. Boy, Luther!